Think back to the last time you had your back pushed to the wall. And I mean pushed. You think you have what it takes to fight your way out of a tough situation? This isn't a hypothetical question. Wherever you are sitting or standing right now, I am asking you, do you have what it takes inside you? You need to hear this because there are millions of other people out there just like you that, whether they admit it or not, desire the same things as you. A steady income, a loving family, and to do the best they can at whatever it is they do. But I'll tell you right now, none of them will make any impact if they have never had their back pushed to the wall, if they have never been on the brink of losing everything. Growth doesn't breed from complacency. It breeds from knowing how to make the right decisions under pressure. The saying, pressure bursts pipes or makes diamonds, applies here. No one that learned how to grow their business, to grow their musculature, to grow their influence, did it by sitting on a couch. You have to act. You have to be willing to deal with uncomfortable situations. But let me empower you for a second with a thought. What if instead of living our life in defensive mode, where we wait for these uncomfortable situations to arise and deal with them then, we take the offensive and like the lions of the African savanna, we hunt these opportunities down and make them our own. Are you okay with being uncomfortable? As a young entrepreneur and podcaster, I know what it means to be uncomfortable, to take that leap of faith, to do the small daily tasks that will break or build you depending on where you have built your foundation. And today we are not alone. Today's guest is an Air Force combat aviation advisor and fellow believer who is anything but new to stepping up to the task at hand. In today's episode, he is going to show you how to strap on your gloves, pick up your armor, and prepare for war. Not the war the world knows, but the war that we as Christians know. The war on good and evil. And you know what the great thing is about this war? You don't have to be the strongest and fastest to win. Heck, the war is already won. But we are still defending our faith daily, and that spiritual strength can only be built up through the very things that we are set to cover in today's episode. So if you are ready to stand along your fellow brothers and sisters of the faith on the battlefield, then don't go anywhere. This is God Remembers, the platform designed to empower young adult Christians just like you to live physically and spiritually fit lives through Christ-centered connections to influencers, music artists, <laughs> the list could go on for a minute. My name is Z and my mission, my passion is to connect you with those brands and those fellow believers that are going to give you the insight to live the way God designed you. Today, Religionless Christianity host Spencer Tosi is going to equip you with not only insight, but the very tools and protection you will need if you want to break free from the chains of this world. But that's enough for me. It's time for you to grab your uniform, soldier. Your brothers and sisters are waiting for you. This is God Remembers. Ah, man, discipline and perseverance, I think, are so key to being productive and successful in life. And that's something that the military... I think in general does, the Air Force obviously does. And that starts day one, right? I mean, nobody likes basic training. It's a yeah. nightmare. Everyone's <laughs> fearful to go. From the get-go, the whole point is to teach you discipline, to put you in a routine. It's when I went through, I think it was eight weeks at the time, but it's every day, right? You wake up at 4 a.m. and you're downstairs, you know, you're exercising breakfast and you build that routine into your life. 
And then even as you move out of basic training into tech school, your tech schools are long. Mine was about a year long and it's routine. You know, every day you get your same books, you go to the same classrooms and you're just building up these habit patterns and you just continue to take those with you throughout your military career. Everything we do is building habit. I mean, for all of the deployments I've gone on, all the operational missions I've done in combat zones, for every one of those, I've probably done 25 to 30 training missions of the same sort. So it's just building that habit pattern, being disciplined when you're just doing it for practice, you know, so when you get downrange, it's just mundane anymore. And I think that discipline and perseverance, if you could pass on two life principles to people, you know, if you want to be successful, especially in this world now, right, we have YouTube and these podcasts and we see people that look like they just caught fame overnight and caught money overnight. You can't really replicate that, but you can replicate Mm -hmm. discipline and perseverance and being successful that way. So I think those are two principles the military's taught me. Man, absolutely, brother. I'm right there with you. When you talked about that beginning of the military and what a lot of people, they come in with their perceptions. They come in with an outsider's perspective of what that experience is going to be like in comparison to what their lives were into and what their lives are going to be transformed. And I just look at that and I just see some of the same things really that we go through in our Christian walk, right? When we go through our salvation, you talk about what people experience, especially in those first couple of weeks of their salvation, right? Everything, their whole world's been changed upside down for some people more dramatic than others, but it's still like, it's a big change. It's a big responsibility that's put on a lot of people. And that can be scary for a lot of people just as physical boot camp. That can be scary for people going into it. And it can be scary for spiritual boot camp, right? For people that are going to look at Christianity and say, oh, I have to change all these things. I have to compromise all these things about myself now because I have to put to death myself so that there's more of Christ in me and less of myself. But that's what we want to change. We want to change that narrative is that it doesn't have to be that way. Now, obviously, we are still changing ourselves. We are a new being. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is that the world, as you mentioned, our world today They have taken that message and they've skewed it. And there's too many people today that are believing that even the best parts of themselves, right? There's too many people out here that think they have to compromise that, that they have to compromise themselves, that they don't even know their identity and more. And that's why we have such an identity crisis, because it all comes back to that spiritual boot camp where people are afraid of the stereotypes of what that is going to bring. And it doesn't have to be. No, I mean, absolutely not. There's no predetermined mold of what a Christian is supposed to look like. Um, Obviously, we have commands we're supposed to follow. We have a life to model after. But that's why, like the military, you can't be in the military on an island, right? You can't go to boot camp in a one-man team. You need a team around you. You need leaders. You need trainers. And a Christian walk, and I think that's something that we are suffering with in this world, especially in the digital age we're in. People think they can be a Christian without a church or a Christian at home on the internet. Like, yeah, you got to have a family to to call home with. You got to be sitting under a proper teaching. It's just like basic training, right? You got to have that TI yep. that's waking you up every morning, telling you when your uniform's <laughs> jacked up, making you do those extra couple push-ups. And that's what a pastor should be doing is, hey, man, have you had your Bible open this week? Have you been praying? Are you getting involved in church, serving the Lord? Those are the opportunities that they need to be providing you. And so it's, it's the same in a lot of ways, but it definitely... It doesn't have to look like everybody else to fit that mold. I immediately thought of this too. It was like 
Jesus says, come as you are. He wants us to come as we are. And he loved us before we even made that choice to come to salvation. He loves sinners. That's the people that he stuck himself around, right? He was constantly around the least of what the world would call people. He was around the least of them, but he loved them just as much. And that's this mindset that we're supposed to have here is that those parts of you that you think you have to compromise, that you think Jesus would just be disgusted at, that's completely wrong. He loves that part of you. Don't compromise that stuff. Now, we're not saying go out and live directly against the Bible, right? Like we still have a standard of living that we have to do that God has called us to. Oh man, come as you are. Like, and you mentioned it to the training, right? And that's exactly what we talked about in our last week's episode is the importance of that training. I think one thing I think that's take home for our listeners, if you guys are tuning in right now, man, the compound effect, right? We talked about compound interest in finance and there's a lot of books out there that have this principle that they mentioned that they talk about this, but it basically comes down to the small things that you do every single day. We mentioned it, the disciplines, the habits, those things you can start doing on a daily basis, even an hourly basis. Break it down every hour in tracking your time. What am I spending my time on? Just over time, you're going to see the fruit from that. So when it comes to spiritual training, when it comes to that compound interest on your spiritual walk, you're spending time with God, you're praying unceasingly, you are constantly staying involved in your community. You just mentioned that's the importance of community. And you do those things on a very regular basis over time that God's going to provide everything that you want in all of that. He's going to give it to you and more. And that's the thing I want people to take home is that it's not always just one big thing. And then the rest of your life is going to be smooth. No, that's not the Christian walk. The Christian walk is every single day, every hour, every minute, we need God. The Bible says that God never gives you more than you can handle. The blessing and the curse of that is the stronger you get spiritually, the more you can handle. So your Christian walk Mm -hmm. never gets easier necessarily. You just learn to be able to withstand more. And that's also why you need brothers and sisters around you that can help you. I'm reading through a Martin Luther biography and there's some letters that he's writing in there to his friends when he was going through a lot of persecution that he would call his friends over to pray over him when he was so distraught and depressed that he couldn't Mm. even pray for himself. He would just get his brothers over him to pray for him until his spirit was lifted back up enough for him to go and continue fighting on his own. So uh, (laughs) I think that's just super important. Carry each other's burden, man. Don't overlook that either. Spencer, as a father of four, what do you want to see the most out of your kids? (laughs) Let's get personal here. What do you want to see the most out of your kids, man? Are there any lessons you learned when you were younger? And well, let me let me rephrase that question. Not just are there any lessons, but what were the lessons? Because I'm only 22 years old and I already have lessons that I know I'm going to give to my kids someday because we've all made mistakes when we were getting, you know, when we were young and we were naive. But what would those lessons be for you that you would want to pass on? Or maybe you already have passed on to your kids. Man, probably the big one, I think that gripped me. I mean, you said we're not pulling any punches, I guess, here on the show. So (laughs) sexual immorality gripped me from a really young age. My uncles that I grew up around, like pornography was everywhere. I mean, it was just something that I consumed from a very young age. So my boys, I've been, when I pray for them every night, we pray every night that we'll hate the sin of sexual immorality. We talk Mm. about it all the time. (laughs) We sit down and we read through Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 routinely what that means to avoid sexual immorality or how we go about doing that. And I think that's probably the one big area of sin. Obviously, it grips everybody's life. Everybody's affected by sexual immorality. Men oftentimes can be more affected by that, but everybody's affected by it. So 
that's like one of the big things. I mean, we homeschool our kids, so we naturally are able to shelter them a little bit more. Personally, I really hammer my boys a lot about trying to avoid it and you know how difficult it is once you let it grab hold of you. If you look at the numbers, people look at porn regularly into their 70s. And you're like, man, that's a sin. Once it grips you, it'll never leave you. <laughs> I mean, the idea that you could be 70 years old, still sitting in front of your computer screen is so depressing <laughs> to me that I'm willing to fight tooth and nail to keep my boys from suffering that way. Man, respect the fight. I, I really do. And just being able to have that approach, to have that dedication, that commitment to standing up against that, even just coming out and talking about it, like that takes so much strength from the spirit. Cause there's a lot of people out there that, you know, you just mentioned those people that have had this issue for their entire lives, that it's become a part of their identity. And now it's become so much a part of their identity that they already been willing to talk about it. Like they don't want to talk about it. And that's the worst part is that we need to have these conversations. We need to put it out there. We need to talk about it because that's where sin has its power. Especially when you talk about something like sexual immorality. And I know we have a lot of listeners out there who are probably dealing with this, especially men in our culture. It's going to get more and more aggressive. And we need to have these conversations. We need to have these communities. We need to have these resources to stand up against it because that's what the gospel is. That is what the gospel community is designed to do. And that's what we are designed here at God Remembers to do. It goes into living spiritually fit, right? You can't live spiritually fit. And honestly, it's going to drain you physically too. Speaking from experience, I'm still struggling with this and I'm making great strides to try and put it to rest. But man, trust me, it's physically draining. Like you're going to have days where you know, you fall with this and you don't feel like going to the gym. You start questioning your identity. You start questioning your faith. You're like, well, why do you keep doing it over and over again? Because it's a sin, because the devil is a thief. He is the master of lies and we cannot do this on our own. But I'm too quick to try and do things in my own power. And we cannot do that as much as we're going to talk about training spiritually, physically, you can't do it in your own power. That's why we have the Christ-centered connections here at God Remembers. Because we want to point everything back to Christ, the one who has the power, the only one who has the power to be able to set you free from that, to break those chains. And you don't have to go to your 65, 70 years old and struggle with this and have to struggle with this. But it's when you make that commitment, right? It's when you start doing those disciplines, those daily disciplines, every hour, every minute saying, no, I'm going to resist this. I'm not going to fall today. I'm going to run to the Father. So you're seeing the importance of why we set these disciplines having that compound effect of doing these small things every day. I'm one that loves to look at the big picture, but it really does come down to just these small little moments that you could say, hey man, I just won today. I just won this last hour. I didn't, I didn't fall, especially when the devil comes and he will come. If you stand up to him, man, the, the angels of heaven are cheering for you, man. Every single one. Don't diminish the small returns. Don't diminish the small wins of every single day. A hundred percent. And don't judge yourself by what other people are capable of. You know, everyone struggles with their own sin. And I think there's a quote from C.S. Lewis where he talks about God is more pleased with the alcoholic who overcomes his need to drink one time and then slips mm. back into alcoholism than he is the guy who's not prone to drinking if he never has a drink, right? So if you don't struggle with lust or something, then it's good that you don't give into it. But 
if you do struggle, it's still a major victory when you're able to stand up to it once, twice, even if you fall back and then you stand up three times, pretty soon you're standing up for months on end and then years. And hopefully at that point, you may have moved past it. So yeah. And it's those small little victories, fighting day in, day out, taking it to God in prayer, like you said, and eventually you'll overcome it, but don't look at it and be like, oh man, I'm still struggling, but that dude's not. Well, maybe he's struggling in an area you're not. And again, that's where the iron sharpens iron, build that community and keep each other faithful and moving forward. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? You never know what anybody is going through. And that's one of the biggest things I've had to tell myself and looking at other things. And mercy will come basically to those who are merciful. And I'm looking at I really do. I judge so many people. I look at so many people and I see their darkness. And it's really easy to see that, right? Because we know we're in a dark world. It's easy to see the darkness in other people. And it's also easy to be quick to judge those people as well. But let's do the hard thing here. Let's do the thing that there's less of in this room. And I need to continue to remind myself, and I want to remind our listeners, let's look at other people the way God sees them. Let's be peacemakers and not be so quick to judge not be so quick to assume things about other people because you don't know. You only see what's on the outside. God sees what's on the inside. And so it'd be foolish of us to just assume that we know everything about somebody from all, especially from complete strangers that we might only see for maybe one or two seconds, five at the most. And we're basing an entire person's character off that. It's not the same thing. So I know we were speaking about personal training and certainly this isn't the focus, but you know, I was thinking about this and I love this and I play this song all the time. My workouts, it's Can't Tell It All, the remix with Holvey, KB and Lecrae. Love this song, but hold these verses, the first couple lines. Step in the ring for the fight of my life, hit my knees and I strap on my gloves. Boy, I've been prepping since I was seven. And the thing is, I'm already covered in blood, walking in love. This for the ones who've been stuck in the mud. Can we, can, come on, come on, man. Like that's everything. Like that just resonates with me so much right now. And that's why I love listening to that in my workouts because it's like, that's what I'm fighting for, man. Like we're in a spiritual warfare. We're in a fight. We're fighting an uphill battle and I'm strapping on my gloves every day, ready to go to fight with my brothers and sisters in Christ saying, you know what? No, we're not going to do this today. We're not going to make the foolish decisions. I'm not going to make the decisions that are going to cripple me for the rest of my life. I'm going to be making the decisions that are going to give me the freedom in Christ. So I want to give two verses real quick and I'll toss it back to you, Spencer. But you mentioned Proverbs 3 through 5 and I'm going to Proverbs 9, Proverbs 9. And as we talk about the longevity of life and that what it's going to look like. So Proverbs 9, 11, it says, for by me, your days will be multiplied and yours will be added to your life. And then right after that, Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight. We're strapping on our gloves. We're getting ready to go to war, right? With our brothers and sisters of Christ. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Come on now. Come on. It has everything we're fighting for, but we have to constantly remind ourselves, man, because it's so easy to just look over as if it's one hour. Like, what is this going to have? How is this going to have any significance on my eternal consequences, right? How is this going to have any eternal significance? What is this day going to have that, you know, what is this decision going to have that's going to affect me eternally? You're going to have those eternal consequences, especially when you're in that moment of temptation. You can either fall into temptation or you can choose righteousness. 
godliness, holiness. You can choose that path, but what is that decision going to have? That's going to have eternal consequences. That's what I found for me in terms of temptation and fighting that battle, right? That's the question that's often ringing. And unfortunately, too many times in my past, I picked the wrong side of that. But that's why I'm here. That's why you're here today. That's why we're here today is to tell people there is power in that decision. And we have to. We have to be willing to have the conversations. We have to talk about that. Definitely. Our spiritual walk is no different than many other disciplines. I mean, I know we've talked about fitness and stuff before. And, you know, I mean, it's the same thing, right? Like every rep matters when you're out there. You're not going to go and say, I'm doing 12 reps, but only the last one's (laughs) going to be important. All 12 (laughs) of them are important, right? When you're running a marathon, every mile is important. Every training race is important. And it's the same thing in your spiritual walk. I remember having a pastor when we lived in North Carolina, I was young then, but he talked about when he first got saved and was trying to read the Bible every day and he was really struggling. So he made it a point, I'm going to get up every morning at 5.30 and I'm just going to read for five minutes. That's my plan every day for five minutes. He said for the first week or two, he'd get up, open his Bible and he would fall asleep on his Bible, barely get any of it read. But then week after week, he'd read those five minutes, then it stretched to 10. And then now here he is years later, he gets up at 530 to read and he finds out he's there for an hour and a half, two hours reading and praying because it's just become such habit anymore. And it's the same thing. I ran a marathon a couple of years ago, my first one. And when you first start running and I run enough in the military throughout my life. So a three to five mile run wasn't a big deal. But the first time I kind of went to six miles, my knees were aching. But then after a couple of weeks, I could get to eight to 10 miles before my knees got weak. And then a couple you know, months, it would be 12 to 13 miles before my knees gave out. And then before you know it, six months later, you're running 26 miles and your knees are holding up, right? Like it's those daily little runs and building up that strength in your cartilage so, or the spiritual walk. It's all the same thing, man. The little victories turn into big victories over time. So I'm going to toss a pretty common saying out there, but before I do, I want y'all to know that I'm not just taking this saying for gold, right? I'm actually going to be countering this saying. And the saying is quantity over quality. Well, you might be saying, Z, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is quantity over quality should not, it should not apply to how we approach the longevity of our life, right? Because think about it. You could live to be 120 years old. But I don't think I don't think anybody's over 120 years old now. But you could live to be 120 years old. And if you didn't walk in step with the spirit, if you weren't doing that daily training, right? That daily building up of that spiritual muscle, if you weren't doing that, if you turned your back on who God designed you to be, which he's called us to be a disciple of nations, of every tribe, tongue, and nation, you turn your back on that, then it was all in vain. So for you, Spencer, if you could think back to your time. When you were in your young 20s, your early teens, in those years where for a lot of people, that's when their mind is starting to be open to a lot of new things, right? They're just being introduced to so many new things that the world has to offer, especially in today's society, and sometimes to a fault. But think back to that. What were those things? What were, you know, we've talked a lot about those daily habits, those disciplines to build that muscle up. What was that for you? What are those things that you look back and you say, okay, if I were to die today, I'm just really grateful that I got to do that when I was young. Man, when I was younger, I mean, into my late teens and early 20s, 
you know, the thing I think, you know, if I was on my deathbed as a young adult, I had kids really young. You know, we had our boys at 22 years old. I got married at 20. And from a very early age, you know, when we got married, we decided that we were always going to be around. We were always going to be with each other. So my wife has never really worked. She spent time with the family. And then growing up with the kids, dinner was always important. We eat dinner every night together. I think those little habits that have built a strong family unit to this point, 14 years later, has been really important. And you see a lot of that not being the case in this world. Looking back on spiritual issues in my life, my mom, she's probably the most faithful woman I've ever known. And from a very early age, she made church a priority for us. Uh, I went to church my whole life. So that in the vein of over time, building those habit patterns. So even when I was middling teens into early 20s, before faith really became my own, it was enough of a habit in my life that even when I really wasn't into church anymore, I mean, I always believed in God. I always would have counted myself a Christian, but going to church was just something I did. It was always a part of my life. So that habit pattern was built early on and it carried me through to the point where when I was about 23, I really made faith personal for me. And then from 23 until now, it's just been continuing to grow and grow. Setting that habit pattern saved me, I think, from wandering too far from the fold. Awesome stuff, man. Well, as we wrap up this episode of the God Remembers podcast, Spencer, I'll open it up to you. I hope this has been an encouragement for anybody that is tuning in, but just what advice would you give for young people that have the world in their hands today? What would that advice be that you would give them? I think you talked about it earlier that God calls us where we are. We don't have to clean up our life before we come to God. But I think it's Luke 5.32 maybe or 5.33 where it says Jesus calls sinners to repentance. So he doesn't come for the righteous. He comes for the sinners. But once he calls you into this place of repentance and righteousness, so you don't got to worry about, man, how am I going to clean my life up and become this perfect Christian? If you put your faith in Christ, you're going to put your trust in him as well. So you believe in him. You let the Holy Spirit do its work and he's going to take you as long as you're faithful and you're obedient. He's going to take you to the point of life where he wants to get you to. You just got to be willing to lay things down when he tells you to lay them down. So he'll do the heavy lifting for you. There's a saying by Dietrich Bonhoeffer where he says, only those who believe are obedient and only those who are obedient believe. So you just got to believe and be obedient, Mm. right? And God will get you to where he wants you to be. Man, Spencer, I want to thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time today, just being able to offer some encouragement, some insight and some wisdom to people that have the whole world in their hands. But it's just, it's so simple. It comes down to just those small little details every single day that make the entire difference. So Spencer, thank you once again for coming on to the God Remembers podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. How about that? Spencer brought the heat today, and just like the fighter pilots in the Air Force, we want to give you the resources to put the wind beneath your wings to propel you forward. Before you go off and dwell back into the world's way of living, let me offer you an opportunity. An opportunity to get connected immediately with like-minded believers like yourself that want to begin training those daily habits to become spiritually and physically fit. If that's you, and you feel ready for something to change, then come change around others who will support you and guide you along the way 
for we were all once where you are sitting right now. Follow us on Instagram at This Is God Remembers and join our Facebook group C3 to get connected. Simply click the link in the bio and you will be one step closer to realizing who God designed you to be.